welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 162. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as always, I'm joined by the man himself, Mr. Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Mike. What an exciting moment for you and I and our listeners as we crack into this new year and a brand new series. How good is it to be kicking off? I think I kind of lose count. I think this is like four years that we've been doing the show. And to start with a big new series, we asked ourselves, what is the perfect way to start the year? And Mark, I think we have the answer. I think you are right, Mike. Today, listeners, starts our brand new series on entrepreneurship. We've done a few episodes on world-famous, globally renowned entrepreneurs, of course. We've done lots of one-offs here and there, but this is marking the first series where we actually delve into the ideas, the lessons, maybe the mistakes, but also the opportunities that present themselves for entrepreneurs. And Mike, today, episode 162, we're kicking off with a grand book and a grand individual, Mr. Darren Hardy, who wrote The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. I think this is such a good title because building, starting a business, it truly is love and hate. It is uh, up and down. It is a roller coaster it is indeed and Darren Hardy Mark he just says it as it is he is like straight to the point and I think that's why the the book entrepreneur roller coaster is so successful is I think he gets to you know not just one or two but I think he's got like four five six big ideas that truly represent the, the day-to-day experiences of entrepreneurs, when people are trying to start a business, there is no better place to start than the entrepreneur roller coaster, right? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think the reason why books on entrepreneurship are so popular still is because they present, you know, uh, individuals an opportunity to go and do things their own way. Sometimes maybe you've sat on the sidelines and watched your colleagues or your boss or your partner go in a different direction. And you've always dreamed of doing it yourself. Well, I think Darren Hardy's book is the perfect introduction into the entrepreneur space, because like he say, it gives us that dose of realism and a realization that, yeah, times are going to be good, but you've got to remember with each peak, there's going to be a trough. It's going to get a little bit dicey here and there. And I think Darren Hardy's, with all of his experience, is the perfect individual to really lay out the pathway to becoming an entrepreneur, but also reminding yourself that, yeah, times are going to get that little bit tough. So just heed the warnings and learn from those around you. That's so true. And I think the reason that this book matters, The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster by Darren Hardy, is that often when we start something new and encounter difficulty and hardship, we abandon it, don't we, Mark? Like, it's like, oh, geez, this sucks. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, I mean, how many moonshotters have we covered where we learned that that was a big lesson that defined them? You know, yeah. Elon Musk is just, a, just one big entrepreneur example. But we've also yeah. found a series of sports individuals as well as other authors or philosophers who really remind us that, yeah, when times get tough, don't step away. Make sure to get in that arena, lean against the pain, and ultimately the results 
will be far greater for you. And I think it reminds me as well, Mike, that you shouldn't necessarily chase the results, but instead just enjoy the journey. And I think that's a that's nice right. way of thinking about a roller coaster for an entrepreneur because you're strapping yourself in, it's going to get bumpy, but you're going to have fun along the way. And I think that's a nice way of thinking about being an entrepreneur rather than trying to get out of it and run away. Instead, just kind of enjoy it yes. and have fun. Yeah, I think uh, this next hour we're going to spend together, you, me, and all of our listeners, is going to be about preparing ourselves, getting battle ready. And with our feet firmly on the ground, we can jump straight in to perhaps one of Darren Hardy's biggest ideas. And it is going to totally make you rethink the relationship between product and marketing. So let's kick things off with the author of The Entrepreneur Rollercoaster, Darren Hardy, talking about sales. Look, you started or wanted to start your business because of your great product idea. I know how passionate you are about your product. I know that you spent countless hours working on it to make it excellent, the best that there is. The unfortunate reality, reality is the quality of your product doesn't matter that much to the success of your business. You gasp. Let me tell it to you straight. The number one selling product in any category is probably not the best product. Look around you. What's the number one selling restaurant in the world? With all these celebrity chefs, cooking shows, cooking competitions, and a whole new breed of foodies like never before, yet still the number one restaurant in the world is the one with the golden arches on their roof and a crazy redheaded clown as their spokesperson. How about an automobile or beer, wine? Bottled water, insurance product, franchise, hair product, or face cream. Yep, in every category, the best-selling product is rarely the one with the very best product. In fact, the majority of those most revolutionary, amazing, and problem-solving products that have ever been invented, you've never even heard of. Why? Because their inventors, the founding entrepreneurs, didn't know how to market and sell. Here it comes. Here's the money line. Are you ready? Every time the number one selling product in every category is owned by the person who is the best marketer, period, full stop, bottom line, the end. Like it or not, the success reality of your business is 10% the quality of the product. Of course, it's got to be legit. Otherwise, in a transparent uh, Amazon feedback rated world, the world's going to know that it's crap. So it's got to be legit. But 90% of your success is going to be based on its sales and marketing. So let's prevent you from making this colossal mistake. I am hereby putting you on notice. You are not in the restaurant business or the flower business or the dry cleaning business or the insurance business or the mobile app business or whatever business your awesome product is in. You're in the sales and marketing business, period. One which just happens to sell the product that you have to offer. This is such a critical distinction for you to get clear about. And quickly, if you want your revolutionary product to succeed, you need to become an expert in sales and marketing. The first step you ask, here it is. Fall in love with your prospective client. You must learn how to get into the head and heart of your prospective client to feel their desires, their hopes, their fears, and their problems. Learn how to transmit your love for them in your sales and marketing communication and connect with them heart to heart. Only when your sales and marketing are on board will your clients get on board as well. Then they will be a path to your revolutionary product and fund your big dreams. Learn the essentials to mastering that 90% 
the sales and marketing skill every entrepreneur needs to master in order to succeed in today's brutally competitive marketplace. That's the key. Mike, I mean, what a clip to begin the entrepreneurship <laughs> series, a big bucket of icy cold water for all of the entrepreneurs out there. <laughs> Did you think that was ice water? I think that was like a punch in the face. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> uh, but it reminds me of that, that, you know, that fallacy of build it and they will come mm. and, and how you see so many, you know, entrepreneurs, victims of wishful thinking, right? Yeah, I think there's a lot, there's another phrase, the drinking the Kool-Aid. And yeah. I've certainly been guilty of that throughout my career, working on a product or a project that I just believe is the greatest thing that humanity <laughs> has ever done. <laughs> and what happens? It doesn't matter how good the phone is or the video that you've made is, if you can't get it in front of the end user, your consumers. Mm. It doesn't matter mm. how much money you spend, how much millions or billions of dollars you put into it, if nobody knows about it. And I love this breakdown that Darren has 10% product quality, 90% marketing and sales. That's, that's a percentage or a ratio that probably some of us have uh, now realized is, is against maybe what we've thought before. I mean, that's heavily yes. outweighed, isn't it? So I think this, what this goes to is that, you know, when we have a, a product idea, we fall so in love with our own idea that we fail to understand that the rest of the world just doesn't care. And you've got to make them care. You've got to present mm. your story. You've got to go tell it in the best way possible. But most importantly, tell it through the lens by which they perceive the world. And I think, Mark, if we think about where sales really trips up entrepreneurs, it's that they are so caught in their own bubble. They are so living uh, the world of the customer through their own lens and not through the lens of the customer that they just can't imagine a world where customers would not be excited about this product. But the truth is nobody's excited about your product until you've worked really, really hard on your sales and marketing. And I think that um, what, if we want to get a little bit uncomfortable here is I think we all hope that if we have a great idea, it will just sell. Mm. But the truth is that make a legitimate product, as Darren Hardy would say, and realize that more than anything, regardless of what your product or service is, you are in the sales and marketing business. That's what yeah. you're really in. And if you take one step back, that's kind of life. That's how we make friends. That's how we find a partner, maybe get married. Th those are essentially sales and marketing activities if you think about it, right? Because if you hide at home, no one's going to know about you. If you hide your product in the warehouse, nobody's going to know about it. So get over ourselves, get over the wishful thinking. Don't just build it and hope that they will come. Make sure that they know about it and then they will come. What a powerful whether you want to call it ice in the face or punch in the face. <laughs> I think this is signature Darren Hardy. And I think this is why it's so good to start a new year with some good cold, hard facts on entrepreneurship. What do you think? Yeah. We've got plenty more in store from Darren, don't we? He's a very, he's a sharpshooter. He's direct to the point. And I think he's a really good start to this series. And I think his lessons that I'm already starting to see, Mike, and we'll see you throughout the rest of the show as well. He's quite a people 
orientated person, isn't he? He's looking at the bigger picture and he's asking us to really think about those that we're talking to, whether they're our clients or end users, our teammates, our colleagues, our bosses, and so on. And I think that's a great foundation as we look ahead through the rest of the entrepreneur series as to how we start to develop and be the best entrepreneur that we can be in the uh, in the business sector. So I'm really excited. That's so true. That's so true. And I tell you who else has a lot of energy, Mark, that's our members. And I think it is only appropriate as we start the new year with a new show on entrepreneurship that we should give a big tip of the hat and a big uh, shout out to all of our Patreon members. So Mark, let's do this roll call. It's getting bigger and bigger every show. So maybe you get, maybe you're going to have to like drink extra coffee just so you can get through uh, the, the list even quicker. But Mark, over to you. Well, I don't know whether I can do it in one breath anymore, but let's give it a go. Good morning and welcome to Bob, Nils, John, Terry, Bridie and Niall, Sandy, Marjolin, Ken and Dietmar, Tom, Byron, Mark and Helena, Yaniv, Marjan, Connor, Rodrigo, Yasmin, Spaceman, Daniela, Lizza and Sid. Welcome guys, our Patreon members and Moonshot's family team. Thank you so much for joining us every single week and also for checking out the Patreon shows. Yeah, because um, uh, hidden away in the the lock, in the in the uh, in the basement of the Moonshot Podcast members area, you will find an entirely new podcast series. In fact, you're going to find that we have the Moonshots Master Series, and you will be able to access that as a member of Moonshots. So get in there. It's it's like a dollar a week, and you get a full additional podcast from us. One mega 90 minute episode every single month. It is a complete masterclass on one of the topics. So it is a different format and we encourage you to jump in, join the conversation, be a member because it's your support that helps us pay all the bills that we have to provide this show, our hosting, our transcripting, all of the services we need to pull this show together. We actually have to put some cash behind it and it's your support that helps us do it. So we appreciate your support. So head over to moonshots.io, become a member, listen to the Moonshots Master Series and give a little bit of support to the Moonshot crew. Well, I think it's only appropriate now that we return to Mr. Darren Hardy and talking about people like all of our members, they're also important when you kick off a new business, when you start something, when you're building something. And Darren has some big thoughts. So listen, listen now to Darren Hardy, author of The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, talking about hiring A players. Adages become adages because they are true. It takes money to make money. That's a perfect example. In growing your business, there are a thousand ways to spend your money, but there are only three that actually matter the most. People, marketing, and personal growth, meaning learning. So let's focus on people here. When I interviewed Jack Welch in South Beach, Miami, he said this to me during our interview. He said, no matter the innovations and changes in the marketplace, the one thing that hasn't changed is the team who fields the best players wins. The game is decided who will win before the game begins. In today's dynamic and intensely competitive marketplace, the main battle is for talent. You cannot pay too much for the best. In fact, A-level talent is not only inexpensive, it's free. 
A players will always produce above the wholesale price that you're paying for them. But B and C players, they're very costly in so many ways. Let me give you a wake up call. 65 to 80 percent of all your operating costs will be consumed in salaries and wages. It is crucial that you get team building right. As Jim Collins will tell you, the single most important thing you need to do as a leader is to pick the right people and keep them. There is nothing more important than this. Hey, just one bad hire can sink you and your business. Most people don't know the math. So let me give it to you here quickly. The cost of hiring a poor performer is not simply what you paid them while they were with you. Oh, no, that'd be getting off cheap. It is much higher. When you consider the time and resources you'll spend to replace them, the value of lost opportunities and the chemotherapy your organization will need to undergo and to stop the scan- the cancer that they have usually spread before they, they left, the cost of a poor performing team member is reported to be six to 15 times their annualized salary. So look, invest up front in quality people or pay through the nose around the bend. What a great, again, classic Darren. Hard hitting. <laughs> you but didn't realize this- we were, were a health and cancer show, but according to Darren, we might be. Yeah, I know exactly the chemotherapy of repairing your teammates after a bad hire has <laughs> left. But Mike, I mean, this is so important. And as Darren calls out, the lesson that obviously we've learned from Jim Collins, and actually I'll say Patrick Lencioni as well, getting the right people is absolutely essential. But what I like that Darren does, which is extending on this idea of getting the right people on the bus, is actually reminding us not how negative it is when they leave, but the financial implications after they leave, because you've Mm. got to go through the whole process of rehiring, like he says, the lost opportunities that happen because that teammate's gone and obviously that chemotherapy for teammates as well. This is, this is kind of a new idea for us, actually. Yeah, I want to I want to jump into this one because, you know, as he was talking then and I was listening to Darren Hardy, it was like, oh, my gosh, it's so true that if you look at any business, uh, if you look at the cost structure, the employee salary and related overhead insurances is a massive uh, item on the, on the balance sheet. In fact, it's it's usually with uh, the cost of leasing a premises, you know, rent, uh, the, you know, rent and people, most of your costs. Um, and so it's really interesting um, what Darren's really challenging us to do is to hire A players. And this is a theme that I've heard so many times. And I think the job here is to ask ourselves, Mark, well, how do we do that? I think it's, it kind of sounds interesting. It sounds pretty compelling. Like let's all, I mean, to use a sports analogy, let's hire Kobe Bryant. Let's hire Michael Jordan to be on our team. Of course that makes sense. But, you know, many times we see companies don't get that job done. So what do you think? How do we, how do we hire A players and how do we avoid making mistakes when hiring people? Well, I think I'm going to extend it and try and make a, uh, albeit a, a poor sports reference, but it kind of <laughs> reminds me of the England soccer team, or as we say back home in the England football team, got some amazing players, very good mm-hmm some of the best in their age brackets and so on. So if you now 
think about it as a business, you're going to hire the best person that you can possibly find. But just because they're the best person for the job doesn't mean they have the fit with the rest of the team, right? So mm. what happens with England football, particularly when I was growing up, was you'd have all these huge names, but they wouldn't be able to work together efficiently enough and productively enough to score the goals and win the game. Therefore, with business, I think what is the most important thing in my experience when trying to find new individuals to join the team, it's got to be a good, um, I, I don't know whether the word is cultural fit, but there's got to be a nice alignment with interests, with hobbies, with personality. Chemistry, but maybe. Chemistry, attitude. Mm. I think these are the key things that maybe even outweigh the physical performance that an individual might have in the business space in favor right. of the chemistry and the the emotions that are actually at play. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I think uh, another way of saying what 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 you were talking about is we hire very much on like skills, but not so much on behaviors. Yes. So, you know, you look at the, they know how to do X, Y, and Z, but do they communicate well? Um, do they um, hand off their work well? Do they brief others? Do they dele- delegate others well? Um, all the sort of more behavioral social things that make up such a big part of how we get along together, how we feel about each other, how we build cohesion in a team. And can we trust each other? Uh, Can we have tough conversations? At no point there did I mention, can they do fancy macros in a spreadsheet, for example? No, it was all very human things. I think business is very human, just like a sports team. It's all about personalities, getting that right chemistry. Um, and uh, we saw that in the last dance. I mean, we've got a bit of a basketball theme uh, emerging uh, on this show. You know, we saw with the, the the famous Chicago Bulls team led by Michael Jordan that there was so much about uh, cohesion and getting the team to work together, the different personalities, having a common cause, having the ability to get the job done. I would say. A big lesson here is hire people not only for their skills but their behaviors. And another really good thing that Airbnb does is once the, the skills evaluation has taken place on a new hire, they have somebody who doesn't even work in the team that the prospect employee is going to go into. They have someone from a different team interview them purely on cultural fit criteria. Oh, I like that. So a different team entirely. That's nice. Yes. So let, let's let's get, let's do an example. So let's say the person is going to be working in technology and engineering. Well, then what they do is they get someone from finance to sit down and chat with them, and it's just a cultural fit conversation. That that's lovely, isn't it? Because it's so hard to get consistent individuals across all of the different business sectors. So right. it's almost like a little test, isn't it? To see yeah. <laughs> to see whether they do fit regardless of what bracket they're in in the business. And it's quite nice because, you know, the 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 person from finance, you know, to to go back to the example, they don't really have a horse in the race. They're in a different team. Maybe maybe they might not even work uh uh with this person or very infrequently. And so they're like, oh well, 
I'll just take the person on their terms. And my job here is to see, do they have a cultural fit? Do they behave? Do they have a cultural alignment with us? Can we get along? Can we get the job done? Can we learn together, grow together? Even if they wouldn't actually be working very closely on a day-to-day basis. So that's another way that you can, you know, apart from looking at behavioral, you can actually have people from other teams come in and evaluate the person, give you a perspective um, and maybe do it beyond the, the skills. And that's a great way I've seen work a lot of times to help mm. you avoid just hiring someone who, you know, the classic thing that we have, we're like, well, when you look at the CV, they should be great, but they're yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you go back and like, I don't, what are we missing here? Because they had all the right, they said the right things on the CV, right? Yeah. They said the right things. They've done the right things, but something just doesn't fit. And I think Mm -hmm. it depends, obviously it's going to be different from every business and you've got different types of business owners, different types of colleagues and so on. But how important is that little inter-business unit interview going to be when you've got Mm. an individual coming from outside? And and I, I love that idea, particularly for a brand like Airbnb, which has so many people, to keep the same vision orientated across the entire business must be really challenging. So it's almost a little Mm -hmm. test to make sure that the finance team are kind of singing the same hymn sheet as the marketing team or the IT team or whatever it might be. It's a nice little, um, nice little practice that actually, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. So there you have it. So we've got two critical ideas. Sales is key. It's way more important than you realize. Hire the A players. You can never never overinvest in great people. You just, you want to surround yourself with great people. What a great start uh, to our entrepreneur show and to our entrepreneur series. And it's felt, you know, a little bit of roller coaster. We had definitely some bumpy stuff with Darren Hardy giving us the real facts around the role of sales and marketing and how important it is. But now it's time to turn ourselves towards topics of leadership and productivity and market the good the good stuff keeps coming from Darren Hardy doesn't it yeah it really really does mike and i think the next section that we're going to be digging into like you say is all about leadership productivity which are two big columns within his book the entrepreneur roller coaster and the first part of this section mike in leadership is really about how you can think about being smart in your job but also learning from others. So this is a great case for anybody who's going into a job similar to what we were just saying about hiring the right people, thinking that you know everything that there is to learn in the business. You are the best person in the room, smartest person in the room. So let's hear from Darren, reevaluate this idea that we might have and tell us that actually there's a real value in delegating work. Mistake number eight of the eight tragic mistakes most entrepreneurs make is being smart and thus not seeking the help that you need. Michael Jordan didn't win a single NBA championship seven seasons straight until Phil Jackson was the head coach. Then he won three in a row. Kobe Bryant spent four years trying to win a championship to no avail. Then Phil Jackson became the head coach and Kobe won three in a row. Phil Jackson amassed an unprecedented 11 NBA championships. The difference wasn't the player. It was the coach. Here's a prime example. Tennis star Andy Murray had appeared in three Grand Slam finals without winning a single set. 
Then he hired Yvonne Lendl to be his coach. Shortly after, Murray took Olympic gold, then he won the U.S. Open, and then Wimbledon in succession. As Coach Ivan said, I took a good player and I helped him become great. You see, I bet you're already good. You probably wouldn't be watching this and trying to start or grow a business if you weren't already good. But don't let this be your mistake, thinking that you are good enough on your own. In order to become truly great, you need help, as every superstar does. Invest in your learning and growth. If there's one common trait among every super achiever that I've met, studied, or presented on the cover of Success Magazine or on one of my success television shows, it is that each of them is an avid learner. They are constantly looking for the edge, seeking the insight, the advisors, the coaches, and the consultants that will allow them to iterate, to improve, and to break through their current success ceiling. As my mentor, Jim Rohn, taught me, you cannot achieve beyond your current level of personal development. You don't achieve goals. You grow into them. So seek the books, the videos, the audio programs, and the seminars that will help you grow beyond your current level of success and then use them for goodness sakes. You want to be an idea and success importer. There are great ideas surrounding you every day. You don't have to originate any of them. You just need to grab them and apply them to your situations. Even the late, great Steve Jobs was criticized for not really inventing anything new. Jobs didn't invent the mouse or the graphic user interface. The iPod was certainly not the first MP3 player. The iPhone, not the first smartphone. And the iPad, not the first tablet device. What Steve did was take existing ideas and make them better. He reinvented the way that they were put together and how they were inserted into popular culture. As a result, he's considered one of the most genius and creative people who's ever lived and founded the first United States publicly traded trillion dollar company. Bringing in experts everywhere is what you want to do. For every problem that you have, someone has dedicated his or her life, time and passion to becoming an expert in that area. The longer you spend trying to originate a solution to a problem, the less time you have to solve other problems and grow your business. My dad taught me this. He said, you can never pay too much to rent somebody's brain and gain their expertise. While there are no shortcuts in life, there are for success in business. The shortcuts are charted out by those who've already been where you're going and have returned to give you the map of the safest and most expeditious route. This guidance will save you time, energy, money, pain, and anguish. The ones who have gone before you can warn you where there is treacherous terrain ahead and where there are great dangers so that you can avoid them entirely. Their expert and experienced direction just might save the life of your business. Oh my gosh. There was so much in that one clip, Mark. I mean, I could break this down. I could talk about, well, number one, renting other people's brain. Don't try and be the smartest in the room. Always be learning, take existing things, make them better. I mean, we, maybe we should have just done the whole show on, <laughs> on that clip. That was huge, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I really, really enjoy that clip. I think there's so much to get out of it. And I think it's a big I, again, it's not a punch in the face necessarily, but it is a good slap at least because I think a lot of us, whether it's in the hiring process or whether it's in a meeting room, whether it's physical or Zoom, it doesn't really matter. We're often trying to sit there and uh, 
put across our big ideas, prove that we're original thinkers, prove that we're innovators and try and portray yourself as the smartest guy in the room. And I think what Darren is again reminding us here is you don't need to do that. Stop trying to show yourself as this big individual because when you look at history, some of the greatest innovators and entrepreneurs out there, they didn't do it. So you don't have to either. And I think that Mm. is a bit of a wake up call, isn't it? It's so tempting. I think when you start something as a founder, it's so tempting to feel that you have to be the sage, the guru. And um, in doing so, I think the real trap is that you're not open to other ideas. You think that you the man, you the yeah. lady who's got everything and going to deliver everything and know everything, which is impossible. And I think that's the big trap, isn't it? Yeah, it's the big trap here. And as Darren calls out at the beginning of that clip and in his book, The Entrepreneur's Roller Coaster, it, you're not necessarily good enough on your own. No matter how good you Nobody might is. be, you're Nobody going is, to be right? stronger. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be stronger with others, with a team, with people who can say to you, hey, you know what, Mark? I don't know whether that is that good. You know, it's a dose of realism. Somebody who can give you feedback, somebody who can... <laughs> Uh, help you learn and even be Mm. a mentor to you. There's still Mm. so much that we can all learn. No matter how old we are, there's always going to be something else that we can learn. So being surrounded by individuals who are A-team members, as we just heard from the the second clip from Darren, but also surrounding yourself with interesting people that you can learn from, whether it's in business or whether it's just in social situations, you surround yourself with interesting people you can then absorb and learn and be that avid individual who can pick up stuff every point in life. And so you become that little bit richer and more experienced. Well, I would say that he, you know, Darren Hardy gave us this great little factoid, which is somebody has already solved the problem you're trying to solve. Why would you, why would you not just go and find that person and say, Hey, could you give me the cliff notes, the executive summary of how I get this done? Or maybe come and just give me a hand because otherwise I'm going to spend days, weeks, maybe years trying to fix this thing, but you've already done it. I mean, it's It's really really powerful. It, well, it speaks to what we try and do on the Moonshot Show, doesn't it? We're, we're learning out loud from mm. these entrepreneurs, these authors, these individuals who have done these amazing things in life, and we're trying to learn from them. We're, we're trying to say, okay, well, Michael Jordan did this. What can we learn from him? And I think that's actually, I think what I'm trying to say, Mike, is I think Darren Hardy, if he's listening to the Moonshot show, I think he'd probably enjoy it. <laughs> I, I think, think it, he would, I think he would love it. I think he would, yeah. uh, I think he would love us learning out loud together. This is signature, uh, what he's talking about, get the mentoring, <laughs> keep on learning. I mean, it's, it's almost like he stole our idea, Mark. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> but, you know, this constant learning thing is why we created the Moonshots Master Series. And we've mentioned it earlier on the show. And if you're, um, if you're really keen to do some mentoring and learning, just like Darren Hardy talked about, then we have created a second podcast where you can get not just a deep dive like this show where we go into one author, Darren Hardy in this case, But what we do is we create an entire masterclass based on a really important theme, 
things related to your improving yourself, how you think, how you lead and entrepreneurship. Those are the four big areas that we cover. And if you go there right now, we've got a whole masterclass on communication, first principles thinking. And look, we know not everybody wants to use Patreon. So we've actually put the master series in the Apple Podcast app and in Spotify. So you can actually subscribe to the master series through whichever platform you want, whether it's Patreon, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. So all you need to do is go into however you love to hear this show. Let's say it's in the Apple Podcast app. Just type in Moonshots Master Series and you will find that you can subscribe and become a member through Apple Podcasts and you can do exactly the same thing in Spotify. And Mark, we've got a lot of goodies on that Master Series, don't we? We do. And as you've just said, Mike, they're really comprehensive, deep dives into a series of topics that we actually encounter on the Moonshot, on the weekly Moonshot mm-hmm. show. But given the opportunity to do these comprehensive deep dives, we can spend a good 90 minutes delving into each of the topics through a plethora of interesting innovators, entrepreneurs, and authors. So already, Mike, and all of our listeners, you can head on over to the uh, Moonshots Master Series on whichever platform you prefer, and you can check out our episode on motivation, first principles thinking, collaboration, and teamwork. I think Darren Hardy would appreciate that one. Habits, circle of influence, Mike, as well as the art of communication. We've got such a plethora of interesting, uh, comprehensive deep dives that for me, you know, even though you and I were, were doing it together, Mike, I do feel like I learned so much from just taking part in the creation of the product. So I'm hoping listeners, if you pop along and take a listen, that you get a lot out of it as we do as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now we're going to turn our minds towards Darren Hardy again. We're going to learn about this entrepreneurship roller coaster. And he's got some strong, no surprise there, some strong (laughs) and clear thoughts on how we should think about the tracking of results and how we can embrace failure. When I first started out, I was afraid of failing. I did all that I could to avoid it. And that is what kept me from success. I didn't understand the law of duality. The entire universe is built on duality. Just as you cannot have day without night, you cannot have up without down, you cannot have good without evil, you cannot have success without failure. It's not possible. The process of success is failure until, well, it's a success. But up until that point, it's a sequence of progressive failures. That is why former president of IBM, Thomas Watson, advised the key to success is massive failure. If you are only moderately succeeding, it is because you aren't doing much and you aren't growing. My father taught me this on the ski slopes when I was eight years old. I had skied on my own all day that day. And at the end of the day, I ran up to my dad, excited to report, dad, dad, I skied by myself all day and I didn't fall down once. He looked at me flatly and said, well, then you didn't get any better. Sensing my disappointment, he explained, look, if you're going to get better, you have to push yourself. And if you push yourself, you're going to fall. If you're not falling, you're not pushing. Falling is part of getting better. The only way to accelerate your success is to speed up your rate of failure. The only way to elevate the magnitude of your success is to raise the stakes of your failure. Stop trying to avoid it. You're avoiding success in the process. Instead, pursue failure 
with passion and joy. And when you do fall or fail, celebrate it. You've grown. You've given the duality pendulum a shove that will have it swinging back on the side of your favor soon. Here's what I know for sure. The only thing holding you back from realizing your potential and accomplishing any goal your mind can conceive is fear. If you can learn to turn fear into fun, something that you pursue rather than avoid, the top of your potential will pop open and out will pour your greatness. I can help you do that. I know that you're thinking there's no way you could have me want to fail, that I will want to pursue it and that I will enjoy it. Oh, but I can, my friend. And when you do, no one, and I mean no one, can stop you. You will forever be unstoppable. Hear me again. The only thing holding you back, suppressing your potential, keeping you from living the life that you were designed and meant to live are your fears. Turning fear to fun, Mike. I mean, that's <laughs> another <laughs> big idea from Mr. Hardy, isn't it? Yeah. And, and it is, I, I listen to this and I think when I, about myself, I think if anything has kept me back in my life and particularly um, when I was young, when I was growing up as a kid, my fear of failure was so strong. Uh, you know, I thought everyone was an overnight success. I didn't realize you had to work hard and you had to actually fail to become successful. I was like, I, I would rather have given up and walked away rather than failed in front of people. And this, this aha uh -huh is so big that you can transition from fear to fun, that you can see mistakes as opportunities to learn and to grow, and that you're that much closer to winning and to succeeding if you're actually failing. Uh, because now you know, well, at least that's not the way to do it. And maybe that inspires you and shows you the way to do it. Yeah. I think in that Previous clip, we heard from the idea of learning from others. And I think that's really, really valuable. And I think from Darren in this clip about learning from the mistakes that you make as well, you know, this is the secret source, isn't it, Mike, to being a really successful or at least dynamic entrepreneur because you're taking failed experiments or challenges in the past and helping pave the way for opportunities in the long run. I mean, I'm certainly like you, Mike. There were mm. certainly times in my career where the fear of my ego and my ego blocking me being able to maybe extend myself a little bit further, mm. maybe taking the reins on a project or two, it certainly has blocked me growing. And I'm reminded of Ron Holiday's work, uh, particularly "Ego is the Enemy" that we've covered in the previous in in the past. Oh, what a book! How what good book. was that? When, once you realize that actually your ego is a real blocker in your ability to learn and be the best version of yourself, only then I think can you understand what Darren's really saying in that clip, hmm. where you need to turn your feelings, that deep down feeling of fear. Oh no, I don't want to do this because it'll expose something I'm not comfortable to. If you can turn that idea, that mindset into something that's a little bit more opportunistic, more positive, something that I think every entrepreneur is going to experience that idea of failure and turn it into actually, yeah, that was kind of fun. Maybe the 
project I did, or maybe the company I started didn't necessarily work out well. I learned heaps during the process. I'm now that much more informed and educated. I think that's that's a big lesson that Darren's really calling out, isn't it? It's huge. It reminds me of a quote, uh, that, um, Thomas Edison, uh, gave, you know, creator of the light bulb and just a bit of an innovation guru. He, he had this quote, you know, just talking about all the mistakes and missteps that he'd made in his career. He said, I have not failed 10,000 times. I've successfully found 10,000 ways that will not work. And and he tried, you know, he, he was so hard to create the light bulb. Um, there was all these um, chemistry issues with the burning of the wire and, and he had to try it literally 10,000 times, but he got there. And I think that this is a real nod to what Darren Hardy's saying. Just be like, great, okay, I'm learning. That's one way I know. Tick, it won't be that way to get that job done. I'll try another way. But often it's when you ask yourself, well, what could I do differently this is really the great moment with failure because in you might be able to isolate what actually failed. Maybe half of what you did actually worked, but it was the other half that was blocking. And if you reconfigure your approach to that, maybe that's the unlock. Maybe it's not some radical uh, change, but it's just a slight pivot. It's a slight adjustment to get it right. So just keep tracking your results, embrace the failure. What a huge theme on Moonshots, huh? Embracing discomfort and failure, thinking about what had Oprah, uh, imagine who she would have been if when she got fired from television, when they said she wasn't right for TV, where where she would be now if she didn't uh, stick with it and embrace the failure. Where would Walt Disney be when he was told he didn't have imagination? Yes. Imagine, right? Imagine those things. This is, this is super important because I think this makes us run for the hills, this idea of failure. Actually, it's something we should be just embracing. Big moonshots themes. It, it, it's interesting what Darren also calls out in that clip, Mike, which is if you aren't pushing yourself to failure, maybe you're not giving yourself the opportunity to grow. So there's kind of two prongs to it, isn't it? There's one which is embrace the failure. embrace maybe the mistakes or the rejections that you might get, but also it's kind of push yourself in that direction. When you're starting up your business, when you're talking to clients or thinking about a product or your end users, push yourself in those areas that are pretty uh, uncomfortable because then you can run into them. So I, I, I kind of think that there's the failures or the mistakes that you run into kind of accidentally, which you can almost force Mm. yourself into as well as the, mistake or the failures that other people kind of put onto you, both are really positive and both you should embrace. There's one that I think you can kind of manufacture, which is the pushing yourself to learn or push yourself into uncomfortable situations to continue growing. Mm, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, Jeff Bezos, you know, talks about if you're not failing then you're not uh, pushing the boundaries enough. Um, so I really like this idea of it's actually a really good sign. I'll, I'll tell you another technique uh, that I think is really interesting, Mark, is that you can at least say um, don't be a sc- scared of failure because what is far worse 
is getting to the end of the life and regretting that you didn't try. Yes. Yeah. So I think that was really important for me, which, you know, when I was very failure averse, at a certain point you're like, I've got to give it a go. I've got to try. Otherwise, I'm just going to watch everything sail right past me. So I think that's kind of an effective way of if you're sensing some trepidation, maybe feeling a little hesitant, just say, well, listen, in five years' time, do I want to look back and say, well, I didn't actually give it a go? I didn't embrace the risk of failure. I just chose not to play at all. And then, you know, at one point in time, it will be too late. So mm. that can be a very powerful motivator, right? Yeah, very big motivator. And, you know, one way that I try and hold myself accountable, Mike, to do that is like we've talked about on the show before, journaling, you know, setting mm. goals and reminding myself if this is where I want to, if this is where I think I want to be, how might I drive myself towards that area? And I think without being able to, um, you know, reflect on what it is that you're trying to learn perhaps, or what it is that you see yourself failing in, that's the way that you can then expand on that growth or chase out those opportunities to try and grow because you're being honest with yourself, you know, and I think you're right in order to never have the fear of missing out, the fear of not giving it a go. I think you also need to be aware of the things of, of when you're doing that. You know, does that make sense? You need to be aware of the unconscious decisions that you, perhaps you're doing yes. in avoiding that failure. And, you know, listen, you mentioned journaling. That's where you can write your learnings and your reflections. And that's how you can turn the failing into succeeding because you're like, here's what I learned yesterday. Here's what I'm going to do today. What a great way to start the day. And Mark, I tell you what, talk about starting the day. Darren Hardy even has thoughts on starting the day and having positive habits. So why don't you set up our last and final clip for us, Mark? That's right. We've got one final clip from the heavy hitter, Mr. Darren Hardy and the entrepreneur roller coaster, which to be honest, Mike, I've enjoyed every step of the way so far. The journey has been fun, but like you say, There's time for just one more clip from Darren Hardy, and this one's another big one. So let's hear from Darren. Really tell us about the mistakes, perhaps, of being that big thinker that he referenced in a clip earlier on, but also the encouragement to actually start small and get better every single day. Being a big thinker and trying to, quote, dent the universe. You're saying, now, Darren, I've always been told the opposite, that I need to think big. Yeah, that's the mistake most make because it stops you before you even start. Look, no eventual revolutionary leader started out imagining their likeness in a bronze bust. They didn't start out attempting to dent the universe. As an actual universe denter, Sir Richard Branson said, he said, when my friends and I started the first Virgin business 40 years ago, we had no master plan, especially not one for a group of companies that by 2011 would number more than 400 businesses around the world and employ 50,000 people. Had we tried to plan for such a future, we certainly would have messed it up. You see, this is the mistake, because if you start out with illusions of grandeur, you'll likely never start. Or as Sir Richard said, you'll probably mess it up. 
Why? Because you will overestimate your projected sales. You will overbuild and you will overspend on the perfect scalable systems. And while you are dreaming of your contribution to human progress, you will miss payroll. Then it's game over. Learn to start small. Start right where you are. Ship what you've got, as my friend Seth Godin would say. Sell something today and then improve and then improve again. Most every legendary business leader who built many of the brands that you love today, and most when they asked how they achieved such legendary status, almost every time their answer was, we just worked at getting better every day. By focusing on getting better every day versus some imagined lofty goal, they surpassed any goal they could have even imagined when they started. Now, I'm not telling you never to set goals. Learning how to stick to and achieve big goals was one of the skills that I learned that I attribute my success to. In fact, if you don't give yourself some direction, you will wander aimlessly into bankruptcy. But on a day-to-day practical basis, thinking too big paralyzes you and keeps you from doing anything at all. You'll figure if your product or service isn't revolutionary yet, that you're not changing the world, you have a convenient excuse to wait, to delay, and to continue to aim, 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 rather than work, work, work at just getting better. You've heard this before. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So think small. Think about today's step. Then with each step that you take, work on growing, work on getting better. In due time, you'll look up and realize you're much further than you could have even seen over the horizon when you started back yonder. Hey, you might even travel so far in your constant, never-ending day-to-day growth and improvement that the world feels your step and is slightly dented by it. It can happen. Oh my gosh. I think that might be his most moonshot thinking, Mark. What do you think? That compounding, the daily habits, bias towards action uh, is very moonshots, isn't it? Yeah, and exactly. It's the compound effects. It's the habits. I think it's the reminder to not be overwhelmed by the idea that it's going to be this big, big thing. So very consistent with all of the other clips that we've heard from Darren Hardy today. You don't need to be overwhelmed. You don't need to fear the failure. You don't need to be the smartest person in the room with the most experience. You need to lean on others. You can learn from others. You can just learn from opportunities that arise from those challenges that you run into, but gradually just start doing it day by day, whether that's Mm -hmm. starting a business in your free time, whether it's just learning a new skill, Mike, maybe it's learning to be a better project manager or whatever it is that you do day to day. All these little things have a knock on effect. And as we know from James Clear and the Habits series, if you can work on getting maybe just 1% better every day. That kind of interest is enormous, isn't it? It's huge. It really is huge. So of all the ideas we've covered uh, today, Mark, from Darren Hardy and his book, The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, is there one that was uh, a little spicy, uh, uh, one that was quite memorable, perhaps more than the others? Oh, that's a great question, Mike. I think the classic one for me actually is sales is key. The one that we heard right at the very beginning, the idea that it's actually really about 
the uh, it's not necessarily about the quality of the product that only is 10 percent. it's the marketing and sales that makes up 90 percent of the success i would have to agree i i really like that one i also like the one don't try and be the smartest guy in the room somebody's already solved your problem just go find them and get them to help you out of it i like that that's great i really do Well, Mark, thank you to you and thank you to you, our listeners. It has been great to have you with us on this journey on show 162 into the world of the entrepreneurial roller coaster, a book by Darren Hardy. And in this journey, he started by really hitting us in the face and saying, regardless of what business you think you're in, you're really in sales and marketing because 90% of your success will come from that. And the next step is to make sure as you build that team, hire some A players, no more B players. And when we reflect upon ourselves, he gave us great advice and said, don't try and be the smartest guy in the room. Somebody has already solved the problem you're working on. Go find them, get their help and their support. And as you go on that journey, you need to speed up your rate of failure to grow. So if you're avoiding failure, you're actually avoiding success. Embrace failure and you'll be that much closer to realizing your dreams. And as you go about this incredible roller coaster, don't get paralyzed with the size of your ambition. Have a bias towards action. Take a step forward and watch the compound interest happen every single day. And that is really your path to being the best version of yourself, which is what we do here on the Moonshots podcast. We learn out loud together so we can all get better. All right, that's it for the Moonshots podcast. That's a wrap.